as we sung, as Jimmy prayed, as we just reflect on the song that we sang this morning. I mean, we could really just sing that song and have a time of prayer and go home. Amen? Because listen to the words of that song. The rock of my salvation, my hope is built on nothing less. Morning by morning, how great is your faithfulness. I I called your name and you heard my cry out of the grave and into life. My heart is yours. My soul is free. Thank you, God, for saving me. I just want you, if you are a child of God this morning, I just want us to take a few moments, and I want us to spend a few moments in prayer, just reflecting upon that. Lord, thank you, God, for saving me. If you will, just spend time, a few moments in prayer with our Heavenly Father this morning, thanking Him for saving you. saved me. Lord, thank you in your wisdom and in your sovereignty, Lord, that you want to have a relationship with each and every one of us. Lord, to to make that relationship right, you had to send your son to take on the penalty of death, to take on what I deserved, what each and every person in here deserved, that he took that on because you loved us so much, that you gave him Lord, that whosoever believes may not perish, but have eternal life with you. So, Father, thank you for saving me. Thank you for salvation. Lord, thank you that through the preaching and teaching of your word that I realized that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, thank you for the gift of salvation. Let's no one boast because we can't earn it. But you freely give it. So, Father, I pray this morning as we preach and teach your word, if there's one here this morning that does not know you, is not walking where they need to be with you, Lord, that you are holding out your hand, inviting them to walk with you, to not go through this life alone, but to walk with you. Have your way in this service, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Miss Betsy, for playing. Thank you, church, for 
being a church that's willing to go off script. Amen? Just because we have something, an order in the bulletin does not mean that that's exactly how we have to go. Because I'll tell you what, as I've seen other pastors talk about it, we have programmed and we have, we have put God in a box. Amen? When we do those things. And so we don't want to be a church that puts God in a box. Right? Because God is bigger than any box that we could think of in our hearts and our minds. And he wants, he wants to bless us. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to be a part of our lives. And he's wooing you. He's inviting you into that relationship with him. So this morning we are in our second week of our three-part series on thankfulness. Okay, so take the word thankfulness. Last week we looked at the word thank and our praise, being thankful. And so this week we're going to look at full. Next week we will look at ness. So we will look at the progression. But the thing that I want to remind you is that if you're going to live a life giving thanks to God, you need to have an attitude of gratitude, right? There needs to, you need to be giving thanks in your life. We said that thankfulness doesn't just happen, right? A life of thankfulness doesn't just happen. It's a daily choice. It is a moment-by-moment choice. We, we read out of Psalm 9-1 that says, I will give thanks, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, and I will recount all your wonderful deeds, your marvelous works. So that's what we looked at last week. We also said, and I just want to call your attention to this. You'll probably hear it most every week because it's he's a profound man, right? We, we give stock. We give uh, respect to what he said because of the man of God that he was. And listen to what Billy Graham had to say about thankfulness. He said, a spirit of thankfulness is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian whose heart is in tuned to the Lord. So you think about that today. You see people in this world that say they're Christians, but do you see a life, do you see the mark of thankfulness in their lives? Sure, times get rough. People go through rough spots, but is there thankfulness in their hearts? Listen, Billy Graham went on to say this. He said, grumbling and gratitude for the child of God are in conflict. Be grateful and you won't grumble. Grumble, and you won't be grateful. And then he said this, why should we give thanks? Why should we give God thanks? Because everything we have comes from God. When you begin to see that, you will, your life, your eyes, your, your spirit, how you go through life will totally change. When you see yourself as a manager of what God has given you of, right? He, he's blessed you. He's given you things in your life. Your bank account is not just solely for you to use, but it's for you to use for his glory. Amen. And he's entrusted that and you're to be a manager. It's not yours. And so when you see that, especially on Sunday mornings, when we give our tithes and we give our offerings, there's a difference between a tithe and an offering. Amen. A tithe is a tenth. An offering is above and beyond. And so if God has really indeed blessed you, then there will be not only the tithe, but there will be the offering. Sometimes, can I remind you that some people, they, they haven't reached the tithing mark. And that's okay. Give something. Begin to take that next step towards God. 
If you haven't given anything or you've given a little bit, then step that up. And say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give just a little bit more for that to be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. To be used so that we can send shoe boxes around this world. To be used for bags of tea that we buy. Or for meals that we're going to feed where we do a fellowship like we did last night. Why? Because we believe that people matter to God. Right? People matter to God. And so... We talked about being giving thanks last week. And so this week, I want us to really focus our attention on the full. F-U-L. You see, that is a suffix. It is attached to the word thank, and then you make thankful. So what does that F-U-L mean? Last week, we talked about thanks are giving praise to God. And so now when we add the suffix F. U-L, what does that mean? It means simply this, that you're full of or characterized by giving thanks. That's what thankful means. When you add that F-U-L that you're full of, not that you're full of yourself, but you're full of giving praise and glory and honor to our Lord. Amen? And so I think as I think through this series One of the things is, you know, we focus so much on thankfulness. And that's why I was kind of hesitant to talk about Thanksgiving. But then again, it's like, okay, God, that's the season that we're in. That's what that we're taught. You see it in your Facebook feeds. You see it in everyone's heart and minds. But, friends, we, we have to remember that it's not just a month. It's not just the month of November, but we're to live a life of thankfulness. I thought about it this morning. How interesting it is that we go through a month of thankfulness and then there's a season when we hit December that we go through Advent. We go through a season of waiting. We go through a season of anticipation. We go through a season of hope preparing us for Christmas. I see that as no coincidence that our our Lord in His sovereignty is wanting us to focus on our blessings as we prepare for His coming. He, he wants us to focus on who he is, but can I remind you, and so I can already tell you sometime after the first year, we'll be coming back, we'll be reviewing. Because to live a life of thankfulness, to live a life of giving thanks to God is not just for one day, a year, right? It's not just Thanksgiving, yay, we're going to give thanks and we're going to eat. But then, oh, by the way, in this America that we live in, we give thanks and we're so grateful for what we have, but now we don't even run out on Black Friday. We run out on Thanksgiving afternoon to buy things that we don't need with money that we don't have to impress people that we don't like. But we're grateful. We're grateful. But are you? And so that F-U-L, we are characterized by, we're full of. So I would like to invite you to take your copy of God's Word in turn. We're going to be in the Psalms again today. Next week we'll be probably in the New Testament. But today I'd like you to turn to Psalm 69. Psalm 69, we're going to look at two verses. And I want you to see... Uh, I want you to see some truths that I found as I studied this. And and as we think about being full, a life characterized. And I hope as you see in this series that we're preaching and teaching, we're to give thanks. And as we give thanks, then we're going to be full of, we're going to be characterized by that. And then that N-E-S-S, that's really where we've arrived at that state of being thankful. So each message is building on itself. And, and what's fascinating to me is I studied this scripture 
what God has shown me. And I hope that he will get that out of me and he will speak truth and, 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 and into your spirit, into your hearts. And so look with me in Psalm 69. It's a Psalm of David. And I want, I want you to look with me really quickly at two verses. We'll talk about these and then I want to show you some other things that I observed in this text as well. So Psalm 69, verse 29 and 30, verse 29 and 30. When you found your place, how about say amen? All right, sounds like everybody's with us, so we'll go ahead and we'll read this. You'll find these similar words. It says this, But I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. Verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. All right, so let's look at these verses. Just as we, as we dive into this text, David is saying, I am afflicted and in pain. But from one verse to the next, there's a shift. He's afflicted and he's in pain. And he's, he's, he's in essence saying, God, rescue me. God, rescue me. And then in verse 30, he says, I will, not I might, but I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Can I remind you this morning, friends, that the call to follow Christ is not always a call to easiness. Amen. It is not a call to complacency. It is not a call to an easy believism that you accept Christ as your savior and God is going to bless you and open up the doors of heaven and you'll have no more heartaches or worries or anxiety. Is that the God that we worship? No. You will see TV preachers that stand and tell you that. Well, if you'll send us money, oh, God is going to bless you. You know, they even convince people you send it. You might not have it, but you send it and God will put it there. Do we see that in scripture? No. But I want to, it's, it's, we have to preach and teach the truth of what we see in God's word. And what we see this morning is that David is saying, I'm afflicted and I'm in pain, but he's crying out to God and he's saying, rescue me. Is there anyone here this morning that could say, God, rescue me. God, help me. We need rescuing. But David reminds us, if we're going to be thankful, full, full of, characterized by giving thanks, David reminds us, I will praise the name of God with the song. Songs are important, amen? And thank you that we've gotten to a place in our order of worship, in our worship services, that we have a mixture of songs. New, old, fast, slow. Why? Because we have multiple generations. As you look around this room, what's precious to you of what you remember singing, that's great. But there are also other things as well. So we've incorporated those. We've blended those together. And I think that it's beautiful. Why? Because as we sing these songs, as we talked about this morning about scripture memorization, as we sing hymns, as we sing songs, there will be times when you go out into your life, when you go out into your week, and the Lord will just remind you of those lyrics. Amen? You will begin singing a new song. You, and so, hey, well, they're right there. A new song. You're not just going to sing the same song all the time. You're going to sing a new song to him. So as I was reading this, as I was studying this, I want to kind of back up. So usually I give the, the kind of the tenor and the tone set the way of where we're at, you know, in the text. 
So let's, let's unpack this. Let's look a little bit of where are we in Psalm 69. Well, first off, Psalm 69 is a petition for God to draw near. We saw that in verse 29. He's saying, let your salvation, O God, set me on high. He's saying, rescue me. So this is a petition for God to draw near. It is also, as another author put it, it is a cry of distress and a sea of trouble. In essence, it's a prayer. We're getting a, we're getting a snapshot of a prayer of David. My Bible simply has the overline of save me, O God. I want to invite you to look back at verse 12 with me. Look at verse 12. As I was reading this, I, I, I just said, okay, I got to take you back. We're looking at 29. We're looking at 30 of what it means to be thankful. But I want you, I, we can't miss what's happening earlier in the text. He says, for I am the talk of those who sit in the gate and the drunkards make songs about me. Verse 13, but as for me, My prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love. Answer me in your saving faithfulness. Deliver me from the sinking mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies. Can I remind you this morning, straight out of the text, we are going to have enemies in our life? Amen. I mean, this is straight. This is what David is telling us. We are going to have opposition. We're going to have enemies. We're going to sometimes be, listen to what he says, and from deep waters, let not the flood sweep over me or the deep swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. But then look at what he says in verse 16. He says, answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Now I want you to read with me. So go back to verse 29. We're going to read verse 29 through the end of this chapter and listen as we look at this. Before we do that, let me go here. We talked about verse 16. Answer me, O God, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Can I remind you these three truths that I ran across? Even if we have no experience with the kind of anger and hatred pictured in this psalm, others do. Right? We need to be people of grace. This needs to be a place of grace. We should be gracious to one another. Why? Because God has been gracious. God has been forgiving to us. God has forgiven much of me. Amen. And so I should have a spirit of forgiving others. You see, listen, people need assurance that honest expression of their emotions does not deny them a relationship with a loving God. As we talked about time and time again, as you read the book of Psalms, we should be just like the psalmist. We should be raw and real with our Heavenly Father. Why? Because they are. They give us the example. God can take it. Pour your heart out to him. Don't just go with pleasantries. Don't just go with what you've always heard. But if you're hurting, if you're angry, you can take that to the Lord. He can take that. And I invite you to do that. I invite you to be raw. I invite you to be real. Because listen, verbalizing our feelings to God is both good theology and good therapy. Right? That's good theology. That's what we're supposed to do. But it's also good therapy. It is good for the soul. 
But look with me, verse 29 and following. We'll reread this again. But I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. Rescue me, in essence, is what he's saying. Verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or bull with horns or hooves. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth, listen to verse 34, let heaven and earth praise him, the sea and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah, and the people shall dwell there and possess it. The offspring of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. Why did I read that? Why did I read that? Because he's saying, He's giving us such a beautiful picture. It's a reminder. He's saying, listen, it's not about the sacrifices that you think you're making to the Lord. It's not, you know, in the, in the Old Testament times where they were sacrificing oxes and bulls. It's not that. But it's those who, verse 32, it's those who seek God. Let your hearts revive. If you want to be revived, seek the Lord. Amen? See, we talk about so much anymore that we want revival. What we really need in America is spiritual awakening. Awakening. You have to be awoke. You have to be, you, you, you have to be alive to be been revived. Those who do not know Christ are dead. In their sins and their trespasses. Sure, there are people in the church, there are ones who knew Christ, who were walking with him. Yes, they indeed need to be revived. Revive me again, as the song says. Revive me again. But what we need in America is we need to pray for spiritual awakening. And can I remind you, as I've reminded other people in other groups, we live in a dark and trying time. Amen? It is dark. But can I also remind you, as we reminded those at the funeral this week, God is our light. And I don't know about you, but what do we know about light? Light shines brightest what? In the darkness. So just because it is dark, just because we live in trying times, does not mean that we cannot glorify God. As Scripture tells us, you don't light a light and hide it under a basket. You don't hide it under a bushel, but you set it out to be light. He should be our light. He should be our hope. Also, I want to remind you that as we read through Psalm 69 this morning, that I did not know this until I was studying, that this is one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament. It's, Paul mentions it in Romans, Peter mentions it, but it's one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament. I, I love little facts and figures like that. I want us to turn really quickly. I want to look at some cross-references. As you study in your Bible, sometimes you'll have cross-references as you're reading, and it'll, it'll send you to other portions of Scripture. That's what a cross-reference is. I want you to turn back and look with me at Psalm 28. I'm going to go pretty quickly so that I can hit this, but I want you to just hear the word of the Lord. Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes Psalm 28 is where we're going. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life and as I've followed the Lord, I've heard other preachers speak. I don't remember anything about their message, but when they read certain verses of Scripture, they lodged in my heart. Amen. And so I just want i want to share these truths with you. We, I want to. I, I just feel impressed to do that. Um, and I pray they're a blessing. I pray you might 
the Lord might speak to you as we read his word. Amen. That should be our prayer every time. But listen, in verse twenty, uh, chapter 28, verse 7, look at what we're told. David tells us again in verse 7. He says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. Can we trust the Lord? Yes. Is the Lord our strength? Yes. Does the Lord help us? Yes. That's what you should remember from that verse. Now, I want you to turn to Psalm 50. Turn to Psalm 50. Or click there if you're on your device, however you get there. I want you to look at Psalm 50. Psalm 50. We're going to look at verses 14 and 15. Verses 14 and 15. Here the psalmist tells us, he says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. Look at verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. It's not calling on your pastor. It's not calling on the psalmist. He's talking about calling on the Lord. Amen? You call upon the Lord in your day of trouble and he will deliver you and then you shall what? Glorify him. As we pray this morning, as you raise your hands all around this sanctuary, are there prayer matters in your life, in your family, in your circle of influence? There were lots of hands. Praise God. Not just for hands, but why? Because there are people attached to those hands. There are situations attached to those hands. And as my prayer was, Lord, you work in a way that only you can so that you get the glory. So they will glorify you. Now, as I was studying, sometimes I don't know whether it's my ADHD, whether it's the Holy Spirit, whether it's just I misread something and I'm dyslexic. I don't know. But listen, I wound up in chapter 51 and I really was blessed by that. And then when I looked, I said, oh, I was supposed to be in chapter 15 because like I read this and I was like, this doesn't line up. But wait, these are amazing truths. So look with me in chapter 51. And I want I want to read these verses. I want to read these verses. It's creating me a clean heart, O oh God. That's the title of Psalm 51. But listen, listen to what David is saying here in Psalm 51. So I'm going to start in verse 10 and read to verse 17. All right. David's saying, creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. That should be our prayer most every day. Amen. Every day, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He goes on to say, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from the blood guiltness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. Oh, Lord, open my lips and look at what he says. And my mouth will declare your praise. As we're talking this morning about living a life of thankfulness, your prayer should be that of David's. Lord, I want to walk so closely with you no matter what I go through. God, that when you open my lips, I will sing your praise. Amen. I will sing of your faithfulness. Verse 16, for will not... For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You would not be pleased with a burnt offering. But look at verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Can I remind you this morning that if you are broken, God can use you. Amen? If you were broke, God uses broken people. 
There's a Southern Gospel song that says that God uses broken people to build His church, to build His kingdom. God desires a broken spirit in a broken and repentant heart. So can I ask you this morning, what is the attitude of your heart? As we're in this series about thankfulness, we're to have an attitude of gratitude. What is the attitude of your heart? Listen, you will never have an attitude of gratitude if your heart's attitude is not right. You see, friends, to be repentant is not just sorry for your sin, but it's ready to look for Him for strength to stop, to turn, and to walk with Him. Thankfulness. F-U-L. And we are full of a lot of stuff other than Jesus. What are you full of this morning? What are you full of? Matthew Henry said it this way, if we would praise God acceptably, we must praise Him in sincerity with our whole heart. That goes back to what we said last week. It goes back to what we said last week. I will give thanks. I will give praise to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount. I will tell everybody of your wonderless, wonderful, marvelous works. So can I ask you this morning, we are full of a lot of stuff other than Jesus. What are you full of? Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I just invite you this morning as we close this service to think, what am I full of? God uses broken people. If you'd go before him and say, God, I'm broken and I'm in need of a Savior. Confess your sins to him. He's faithful and just to forgive. But whatever you're full of this morning, some of you might be able to say you're full of Jesus and praise God because you've been a blessing to me. But there might be other areas that you're realizing this morning that you you're, you wish that he was there. Can I invite you to do one of three things? Can I invite you to lay it down? Can I invite you to let it go? Can I invite you to give it away? Can I invite you to give it to God? In these still small moments before we leave, just take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart. What are you full of?
Father, we are, I am so full of so many other things. Father, help me to help us to live a life learning to give thanks and to praise to you, no matter the circumstances. Father, may we learn to praise you in the morning. May we learn to praise you in the evening and throughout our day, moment by moment. May we learn to give thanks. Lord, so that we may become thankful, that we may be characterized, that we may be full of giving thanks and glory and honor to your name. So, Father, then we can say that we have arrived at a state of thankfulness. That's our life, and that is our lifestyle. Father, help us. Give us the next steps that we need to become more thankful in our lives. Father, I ask that you guide and direct us this coming week. Help us to reach out, to love and to encourage someone that you place on our heart and mind. Because it may just be the touch they need from you. Father, guide and direct as you see fit. Help us to glorify you in our words and our actions. Bring us back safely at the next appointed time. For it's in your holy and precious name I pray. Amen.